This is Sharpening Iron. I'm Bennett Williamson, a Protestant photographer. And I'm Jeremy Pope, a Catholic filmmaker. And this is a conversation about pursuing Christ in our art. Jeremy and I, in introduction to who we are, uh, we met, <laughs> uh, <laughs> oddly enough, being hired on for the same position, which I want to say I did get uh, the position. Well, um, we remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually now leaving, but Jeremy and I worked, uh, got hired at Boise Rescue Mission Ministries uh, on the media team. And what I think attracted both of us was this idea of how really our faith and our relationship with Jesus, um, how we could do ministry with our skills as photographer and videographer uh, in arts, but do ministry with art. And I think one of the, one of the reasons why this has started is we just, we have these really good conversations about our faith, about what we believe and how we can do things better and just come to a greater understanding of what our faith is all about. And so with Bennett leaving, one of the things that we were really going to miss is just this, this unity that we find in our separate faiths and how they are the same, how they're different and how that we challenge each other to come closer to Christ when we, when we talk about these things. And that was something that we talked about. I think we need to keep doing. So yeah. if it's going to bless us, I think it's going to bless somebody else. Yeah. The the point of doing this show, the the value is really just you and I to have a conversation. This this isn't maybe your normal podcast where you're being talked to. This is really just an invitation to invite you in on the conversation that Jeremy and I are having in hopes that that's yeah. an encouragement to you as we're you know, having these conversations with the purpose of sharpening iron, both of us wanting to pursue Christ and grow in our relationship with him. And the conversations we've had over the last few months have been surprisingly um, edifying and encouraging and challenging for both of our faiths, um, not just challenging our beliefs, but challenging really how we pursue Christ. Um, so we just want to invite you to, if that's a conversation that you want to listen in on, that's what this show's about. And even participated in if there's stuff that we say that you don't agree with or there's something more that you have to add, feel free to share it with us, share it with your friends, and just we want to keep the conversation going and just as a as a body of believers get closer to Jesus and yeah. closer to each other and and hopefully someone else is blessed because of it. Mm-hmm. I think that's the... You know, it's a funny time to be starting this when there's so much disunity um, in the world right now. We feel these tensions, you know, between black and white. Uh, we want to make these walls and barriers. And I think even when I, you know, came into uh, the rescue mission and met you, it was like, oh, there's a Catholic on the team. Is that going to be a problem? Yeah. <laughs> like. A lot of people, I think a lot of people have this perception of the Catholic faith, people that are Protestant, that that it's not what you – like, how has your perception of the Catholic faith changed hmm. just knowing me and knowing what, what I believe? Mm -hmm. Has your perception of the church changed? 
Yeah, I mean, I think coming into uh, before I met you, I'd say, you know, theoretically, I I always believe that you know there could be Catholics. <laughs> Who, you know, despite the teachings of the church, despite the Catholic teachings, you know, still had a relationship with him. Um, but that was very th just theoretical rather than practical. Here's a person who I actually <laughs> know personally and he like has a relationship with, Lord, with the Lord, with Christ. He knows and talks with the same person and is about following Jesus seriously and takes his faith seriously and who follows Jesus not despite his Catholic faith, um, but finds, you know, his Catholic faith to be consistent with Scripture and not in conflict with his relationship with Christ. I don't know. It was. I think it's kind of funny that you say despite the Catholic faith despite the catholic teaching i yeah. mean like that's saying from from a catholic perspective that's saying like oh wow you can follow jesus despite being a part of the church that he started it's it just sounds yeah. so counterintuitive yeah, yeah, yeah. and it feels it feels more productive for a catholic to say well you can still have a great relationship with jesus despite not having the fullness of like the sacraments and all the awesome things that the catholic church has to offer mm. and I, that's not to say that you don't have great things to offer in in a protestant faith but i feel like there's every i used to be a protestant so but everything i loved about being a protestant was in the Catholic Church and so much more hmm. that I never knew hmm. was a part that that could be a part of my faith. Yeah. So I think it's been a really interesting journey coming like that's I think that's one of the reasons why we're able to do this is because I know where you're coming from and I've been there mm -hmm. and I think that I I don't think that we disagree on very much. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm and not I think the reason we have unity and the, kind of just really the fellowship that we do is it is in part due to the, the commonality of like, you know, doctrine or specific beliefs, but it, it begins and is centered in a spiritual unity that we are part of the body of Christ, that you're in Christ, I'm in Christ, we're both living for that day where we, you know, kneel before the throne of Jesus and, you know, receive new life and the resurrection. And we're, you know, I look at you, and I'm like, we're going to, whether you're Catholic or Protestant yeah. on that day, we're going to come before the same throne, the same Jesus, um, and live in unity together. So if we can't get along then, then, you know, yeah. it's clear, it's our relationship with Jesus. <laughs> is what defines us yeah that's something about coming from being protestant to being catholic when i first started when i first came to the catholic church it's it was about a four-year process of me just <laughs> praying about it talking to god like I didn't. I didn't want to become Catholic. I never saw myself becoming Catholic, but I, the Catholic Church was presented to me, and I just wanted to know more about it. The girl I was dating, who's now my wife, was Catholic, so I, I just wanted to investigate it and see 
even though, like you were saying, despite, despite being Catholic, maybe they maybe they could still follow Jesus despite that. Maybe my girlfriend is really still a Christian. And and in in this journey of learning about the Catholic Church, my when I became Catholic, it wasn't about becoming Catholic mm-hmm. and joining the church. Mm-hmm. All I was doing was seeing what Jesus said, finding out in his word, what did the apostles say, you know, and I just wanted to get closer to Jesus. Yeah. And the closer I got to Jesus, the more Catholic I became. And that's just, I'm not Catholic because I was converted or something like that. I'm Catholic because I'm just desperate for Jesus, and that's mm. where he's brought mm. me to be. So. And I think that's that's the, I mean, that's the unity that I connect with and like, I want to be friends with you for because that's what I'm about too. I mean, that's my life story too is I got to get more of Jesus, whatever that (laughs) is, wherever he calls me, who cares if that's, you know, I've grown, grew up in a probably non-denominal, non-denominational background. The denomination was, if you're clinging to a denomination rather than Jesus, you're clinging to the wrong thing, whether that's Catholic or Protestant or any mixture, you know, therein. Are I think it's something that's really important and if you're if you're going to get anything out of these conversations that we're going to be having, you have to be willing to set aside who you think Jesus is and be open to who he's telling you that he is. Mm-hmm. And that's what I discovered when I became a Catholic is that oh, well, honestly, I feel like I've been Catholic all along. I don't think I just didn't Undercover. know it. Undercover. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, but <clears throat> he, he showed me who he is in ways that I never expected that he would. Mm-hmm. And I learned more about him and just, I, that wouldn't be possible if I wasn't willing to just set aside my own convictions or listen to something that I felt like challenged what I believed and then let God reveal to me what the right answer is rather than holding on to what I've been taught my whole life. I think that's something that's really difficult for people is I've been taught this my whole life. This is like I know this to be true. Can you set that aside and be willing to challenge that for the sake of becoming closer to Christ or mm-hmm. knowing knowing more about him or more about who he is that you wouldn't be able to if you held on to your convictions not that your convictions are a bad thing Mm. and i think i think that would be another thing to clarify is like in all of our conversations (laughs) neither of us have come into it saying i'm going to convert jeremy or i'm going to convert bennett there's a desire for you know, that truth is absolute. And so we care about truth, but more than caring about winning the argument for either of us, it's, it's really just been the, the product of our conversations that's been valuable is just being encouraged by your faith, the way you live it out, the way that you, uh, you know, read scripture, not necessarily that because it's Catholic, but because you have a relationship with Jesus that I admire as a Protestant, as, you know, not straying from any of my, you know, beliefs or doctrine, like I've been encouraged. So I think there's a, just a value in the conversation. And if I fully expect both of us to, you know, probably walk away from these conversations, believe in the same thing, believing the same thing. And, 
or believing something or knowing more about Jesus than we knew before or that we expected to know. And I think what you're saying about going into a conversation, not saying I'm going to win him over, Mm -hmm. but just saying I'm going to love him and maybe I'll get something out of being – I think that's the same thing that Jesus did anytime Mm -hmm. he talked to anybody. It was never I'm going to convert somebody. People would come and ask him questions, and he would give them the right answer. Like, look at the rich man that came to him, and Jesus told him, you have to give up everything. Mm. What a challenge of conviction for someone who's a rich man to say, I have to give up everything that I love to follow Jesus. Jesus wasn't asking to convert him. He said, you're you're doing great things, but if you want to truly be my disciple, you have to be willing to give up everything. And that... Maybe that was too much for him, or maybe he went away and he gave up everything. But Jesus didn't go into that conversation thinking, oh, I'm going to get him. He went into the conversation saying, I love him, and I know what's best for him, and I'm going to give it to him no matter how he responds to that. I think uh, along with that, the value of this conversation, uh, like you said, isn't about you know, converting one another, though we, you know, if we put this on the table and become a defendant of every Protestant belief or every Catholic belief, then we're going to have conflict. But rather than if we say, I'm a follower of Christ as, and his word is authoritative and, you know, divine inspiration. So that's what we're, that's the, how Jesus has revealed himself to us. Um, the, the value of the conversation that I think has been really unique in my life is realizing that we can have a profitable conversation across this, you know, line or wall of Catholic and Protestant. We go to different churches, um, and that has I th- created a separation that I, I think is, is kind of sad. That more that there's not more conversation across this line, and the thing that has that's also part of this conversation to be aware of is what has brought us together across that line has been our the way we live out our faith and the way that we express that, and that's as artists, as a photographer, and as a filmmaker. Um, and we so we met in the workplace of those gifts that God has given us. And discover just a you know a friendship of we want to express our faith through the visual arts. Th- tell me about what how how is expressing your faith through the visual arts meaningful to you? So when I it's kind of a long answer, but so I for a long time I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, where I was going. And I came to this time where I was getting out of the military. I was kind of starting college while I, in my last couple years in the military, trying to figure out what I was going to do when I get out. And I kn- I've known my whole life that my calling is never to, it's, it's not outside of ministry. It's like, no matter what I've done in my life, if it wasn't for the purpose of 
serving God's kingdom, then I, I just felt like it was empty and it mm-hmm. wasn't worth it. Even if I gave everything to it, I knew it wasn't the right place for me to be. And I found that when I was in the military, um, I just knew it wasn't the right place for me to be. Mm. And for so I started college and I I thought maybe so Jesus had a trade. He was a carpenter. He was doing just working with his hands. He had something that he was doing. And I, I trying to follow in those footsteps, I kind of was exploring different trades. I took like some computer, like graphic design classes. I took some forensic classes thinking maybe I could be a detective or something like that. The whole time I was going through this process trying to figure out what I was going to do. There's this, uh, there was this artist that I followed, a couple artists actually, uh, Clayton Jennings, Ezekiel Azanwu, and big shout out if you're listening. Yeah, and um, and they're just these Christian artists that mm. they all three of them do spoken word poetry, mm. and they have some fantastic poetry that just worked on my heart for like I knew that this had something to do with where I was going. Mm. Like this is powerful. This is like gripping visually and spiritually. And I thought I honestly came out of it when I got out of the military, I thought I was going to do the same thing. I thought I was going to be doing spoken word poetry and like shorter form, just stuff like that on YouTube or wherever I could get people to see it until, until, I mean, I can, writing is is not the difficult part but when i started performing like mm. i tried to perform a couple times personally and a couple people have seen it and heard it but that's the m- most amount of people that it's ever going to see and hear it because it was awful like the writing was good Thank you for but sparing the, me. but the execution i'm telling you you would it was bad. I don't want to see it. And it was kind of a crisis. Like, mm. I knew this was my calling. This yeah. is what I I have to do. And I just didn't, I didn't get it. Mm. And mm. so I was out of the military and I started college. And I just thought, I'm going to go to film school because I know that what I have to do is something to do with ministry and it's something to do with this visual art that I'm, that I'm doing. And, um, well, Mm. in, in that process, discovering like the, the poetry is a part of it definitely, but it's in more of a spiritual way. The, the way that the poetry is expressed by these great artists, you can express in a way Mm. that is not necessarily as articulate with your voice Hmm. But you can express those things through this medium of filmmaking. So mm-hmm. so I started, as I was figuring this out, I kind of hit another crisis in my life when, uh, when we found out about Steven. Um, so our son, he was going to, we were pregnant with our third son, and we found out that we we're going to lose him. And that was... During that time, I was working in marketing, trying to still, it was still in this middle of discerning what exactly I need to do. So I was working in marketing, and again, it wasn't ministry. I knew it wasn't 
it wasn't what my life was meant to be about. So I, when we found out about Steven, it was kind of like a slap in the face, like, wake up, what are you doing with your life? This is, like, this is empty. This is not what I've called you to be. And not in a way that felt like punishment, but in a way that felt like, like, we were given such a beautiful gift from Stephen, even though he didn't live for very long. We This beautiful gift that we were given was something that I couldn't hold for myself. It was something that through, and we found out really quickly because we knew we couldn't do it by ourselves. We just started telling everybody about it. And we realized as, as much as other people helped us, the way that we trusted God and lived our faith through this time when we lost our son was a huge ministry to other people who had maybe gone through something really hard in their life. Just seeing an example of like, God is bigger than any of your problems, no matter what they are, no matter who's involved, God can, God will take care of you if he's faithful in everything. And seeing that response, I knew that that was my calling. I had to go and do something about it. I had to share about it. And I started, I knew that was a powerful story. So I, I, uh, as many people that can hear that story, I want them to hear it. So we made a documentary about it. And that was the first film that I made is a feature long documentary about Stephen and his life and his death and the impact that he had. But in that, I discovered that that is, that's the type of story that I have to tell is no matter how far you feel like you've been taken down in the world, no matter how far gone you feel like you are, if you feel like you can't be redeemed, God is going to tell you that you can and so in telling these stories, that's where I found that I was being called. I'm, I'm called to tell these stories of God is so faithful even when everything else is broken. And that's, mm. that's where I am today, and that's what I'm working on telling these stories. Mm. I think that's you know, it was interesting when you shared a uh, spoken word uh, piece with us. It was I just could so clearly see that this is the same thing that that you're trying to do where that's in the form of you know expressing truth through the art form of poetry you're really gifted at and i think you know like you said with steven you discovered that you can express your faith powerfully through narrative through story and through stories of redemption um, which is just so beautiful to see to see that gift and to learn from it. I've been, I've just loved getting to see you write as we've done that together. Um, and you kind of, you kind of feel a similar calling, right? You're what you're doing with your life. You're trying to this expression of artist. Yeah. For me, it was the artistic story for me. Didn't, necessarily started out as a as a faith thing I grew up in a Christian home and my mom just we were homeschooled and as you were 
I think you were. I feel like you were more homeschooled than me. Well, we'll, we'll get well, the whole homeschool part right. out. People don't need to know that. And I just grew up watercoloring, and and I loved just I go watercoloring with my mom on backpacking trips, and it was a way of um, capturing God's beauty expressing it artistically it's this beauty that so captures me seeing god in the mountains that i i love it and so i want to express it i want to capture it i want to meditate on the beauty almost in a way and doing art is a way of meditating on beauty i think when it's done well so i went to college i went to a bible college i went to bethlehem baptist uh church in Bethlehem College and Seminary in Minneapolis, Minnesota, uh, as the Lord was, you know, calling me towards ministry from high school, I wanted to, you know, say yes to ministry and knew that was the place where he was calling me to be equipped for whatever he had for me next. And so I, I knew that there was this artistic part of me, but also knew there was this, like, I want to be a missionary part of me. I care about people groups who have never had the chance and never will have the chance of hearing the gospel. So, I got to do something about that. It's so that. cool that they can hear the gospel through something like like art or photography. Right. And so junior year of uh, my education in cross-cultural ministry, I did an internship in Central Asia. And I, w- I really went there to wrestle, it was called a, a vision trip, to just go there and seek the Lord and ask, Lord, how can you use me here? And so I went there with, like, I know I can do photography. I, I developed that talent in, at that time in my life and was there just asking God, like, God, here are the nomads of Kyrgyzstan who have never heard your gospel. Nobody is even able to live among these people. And I asked about photography, and I tr- come to find out wedding photography is alive and well among the nomads in Kyrgyzstan. <laughs> As it is. Obviously. Yeah. Obviously. It's a pretty saturated market. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of Instagram influencers yeah. out there on horseback. <laughs> it, it's a different it's a different world, but weddings are such an important part of their culture uh, that there's a wedding photographer everywhere. So there's a need for development of photographers and uh, it's an accepted position. So what missionaries actually were unable to do, enter into a community in a legitimate way, missionaries who have tried to live among the nomads, it just doesn't work. Nobody, people are so suspicious. They don't have a job, a function, a proper function in society. So like you were saying with Jesus, Jesus had a job. Jesus had a trade. It, it just turned, it was this, just the Lord showing me how I, I didn't feel like I was cut out for being a missionary. Like I wanted to do a trade. I didn't want to just have my vocation be sharing the gospel. But I, I think, you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. There are plenty of missionaries out there, but having a trade and a role in society is not a bad thing. It's, I, I want to go to Kyrgyzstan. This is the direction I'm going. I feel called towards is being a part of just doing my trade in a Christian way um, as a Christian in, among a society that doesn't know Jesus and then living out as a disciple of Christ. Every, every Christian is called to be making disciples of others wherever they are, whatever their trade so that's the direction for me. It's this, again, a combination of art, 
and expressing my faith in God's creation uh, and the beauty of it. You know, creation is to, displays the glory of God. I think that's something that, like, it's just such a natural fit for me and you to have these conversations yeah. because what we're doing is art. But what our art does is brings other people closer to Jesus. That's a hope. And that's something that I really appreciate about the work that you do. Even, I mean, being a wedding photographer, just something as simple as look at this awesome thing that God created can be such a ministry to people in in ways that you don't expect sometimes, especially as the person making the art. I think my art surprises me in ways that I can't articulate. I've seen the art you do, and sometimes it surprises me. (laughs) (laughs) And and that's just it. Like the the Psalms and all throughout Scripture, it's calling us: look to the mountains, look to the rock badger, look to the look to God's creation, and see God in it. And that's what my photography is trying to do. If I was going to say the purpose statement of what I'm trying to do is saying look to God's beauty in his creation. And that's the job of a, of a photographer, I think, as an artist, is to see the beauty and then use your artistic skill to translate that and communicate what your eye sees, the beauty that you see through your art form to somebody else. And so I... It's my joy to do that. That's my ministry is to see God as he just reveals himself to me in his creation and the sunsets and the mountains and the the things that really speak to me. And then through photography. Yeah, just give that as a gift yeah. to somebody. I And I really like how you mention, you know, the Psalms as inspiration for that. They're poems. And they look a lot different from what we think of as poetry today but i feel like it's really no matter if it's a trade or an art form the way that we look at them today i think that all throughout the bible you see people doing the same thing david wrote the psalms as and it still blesses people today these poems these songs that he sang to the lord He's doing the exact same thing that we're trying to do. His are inspired. Well, yes, his are, no, but but the yeah. it's the art form. He's mm-hmm. that's the yeah. being inspired is God's gift to him. Yeah. We can share that in common with people yeah. that that try to follow God. I mean, and it even gives us hope that you know sometimes they failed pretty pretty miserably. I mean, just look yeah. at David and Bathsheba as as an example knowing that these people are trying to do the same thing nothing's mm-hmm. changed mm-hmm. it was not it's not an easy life following god is not an easy life mm-hmm. but that's part of what i'm trying to do is to say i know your life's not easy and that's okay mm-hmm. because god is there with you. Jesus's life was not easy either. And he shares in that with us that suffering is a way that we can be closer to Jesus, Mm -hmm. sometimes in a way that we don't want to be, Mm -hmm. but in a way that we need to be. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of your stories are trying to share how, you know, God is revealing himself and drawing us closer to him through suffering at that lowest point in your, in your life as you know, your lowest point with when you lost Stephen 
God was doing, would you say that that was like one of the, one of the most powerful workings of God in your life at the same time? And I would even say in the room, Stephen was alive for about an hour and a half. That hour and a half when we knew that we didn't have much longer with him, it was quiet, it was solemn, but it was probably the happiest hour and a half of my life. <laughs> and because uh, God was in the room with, there with us. He was he was a part of it. And like I like to say that uh, he came to escort Stephen away personally. Like mm. I've never been that close to God. And that was some would say that that's the worst and the hardest time in your life. And well, that was that was the best time of my life. So I think the the artist's eye in that is as a Christian artist, our eye is the same. It's to see God in every part of our life. As an artist, I think we approach our trade with the same eye, and that is to see that, that Christ is present in every part of our life and in every area of life. I, my mission I think in my focus is generally, you know, in his creation, but I love seeing the beauty of God and, and God revealed in, you know, in shooting weddings and the love between a father and a daughter. There's something beautiful there that God has created that is good and praiseworthy. And by in photography, I'm saying, look at the beauty here. Look at the beauty here. Look at the beauty here. And that's what you're doing too. Look at the beauty of God working in the depth of this suffering because he is present here. There's no, light, no, no part of this created world that the creator is not present in and doesn't reveal himself in. And even in, you know, stories of redemption, yes, sin happens. You lost your son. That's a bro. I mean, it doesn't get more broken than that. But yet, oh, death, where is your sting? Christ has conquered death. And there's a there's glory to be given to God in that. And that's that's what that's, we're both doing. I mean, aligning Christ suffered for us. So I think we can suffer for him. And he saves us with his suffering. So when we suffer, I mean, what a beautiful picture of the Trinity God gave his son for me and I know what that feels like. Mm. It's more than we deserve, so I think I think we can give back a little bit and that's what my heart is all about is bringing people to him so that they can feel the same joy that I felt when I met God and when he when he came to escort my son away. I think that it's a beautiful thing. Mm. But I think that's that's exactly what what brings us together is those experiences of God that are most powerful to us are the things that we're trying to express in our art in our art form. For me, it's been connecting with God. Nature has been the place where I think I just connect with God the most mm -hmm. um, and 
And so I want to, I, I want to show that show what God is showing me to other people. And that's what you're doing too. And, I, and we're not necessarily doing it in the same way, mm-hmm. but the goal is the same. And that's, uh, that's why we're here. That's why we're having these conversations and uh, that's what that's what this is all about. Iron sharpens iron, and uh, As iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens another, and that's what we're here to do. And uh, so next time we're going to be talking about marriage, and, marriage, and uh, a dream within a dream. <laughs> we're not marrying each other. No, 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 no. he's that's, married. Uh, I'm getting married shortly, and it's. Uh, I think we're gonna. I think we're going to find some common ground, and I think we're going to discuss a few things that maybe maybe we don't have in common, and that's a good thing. And I think challenging our perspective is going to be really healthy, and I hope a lot of people can get blessed by it. What I, I think the takeaway from this conversation that we wanted to just start this podcast on is there's unity here. You're my brother. Yeah. I'm, we get that a lot, actually. We're, <laughs> yeah. we're not related. We're not actually. We're brothers from another mother, but with the same father. Yeah. Um, and so we just want to, we, this is about unity. We're going to go on to have, I think, a lot more conversations yeah. about, you know, just in that security of <laughs> you're my brother. Yep. Brothers fight. Brothers fight. And that's okay. And there's a, but there's a positive way of doing that mm-hmm. that we hope is encouraging. As iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens another.